So this is how you want to clean your car. There's yeah. the sponges. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be £50. And here's a documentation of how to get a really shiny, nice car. <laughs> and that, that's going to take you like at least two hours to yeah, read. But yeah, but we yeah. give you the buckets and there's all the hose pipes. There's all the things for you just there. Yeah, off you go. Hello, welcome to Cloud Unplugged. I'm John Shanks. And I'm Jake Ashore. And today we are going to be talking about cloud platform engineering. Wow, that's um, different. Yeah, platform engineering obviously is a big term, but very generic. And we want to kind of niche in a bit on cloud platform engineering and what it means and why it's important to differentiate just to obviously save time and money and effort for the business overall. So, and the thing that you like the most, cognitive no load. So, cognitive load? Yeah, so What's cognitive load? <laughs> what is cognitive load, Jack? Because obviously like plat- so, the term platform can be so ambiguous. Massively ambiguous, right? yeah. And the fact that, so platform engineering doesn't really mean anything because it's like, because platform is so ambiguous. Yeah, so I was like, lots of things what are, are engineering? Am I engineering like a, a bridge, which is a platform? Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, bridge engineers. A tube station uh, platform. Tube, tube station platforms. YouTube, like, <laughs> yeah. which is a platform YouTube, for content. Uh, yeah. Any, any of these things. So cloud platform engineering at least gives it a little bit more context. And then platform engineering is becoming more of a known term in the industry. But this just... It reduces the cognitive load. See what I did there? Wow, you've been practicing. By, by adding cloud platform engineering. Yeah, exactly. So I think the platform engineering is to, could, like we're saying, even, even if we to get back to like our industry, the DevOpsy, Dorometricy stuff we mentioned before, in principle, you could still engineer, well, you could literally engineer anything for, just for the sake of it under that, under that terminology. There's yeah. no real context as to what you're specifically trying to engineer as a platform, like what is the platform specifically you're engineering? Mm. And that's why I think us attaching to, if you've gone to a cloud and there's lots of services there in the cloud, you could argue, and I know you don't agree with this, that the cloud is the platform. You're <laughs> yeah. like, no, it's not. It's just a, a service. It's a service, but there's service lots you can use. Yeah, exactly. However you want to look at it, yeah. how do we augment the workflow for teams to take advantage of the cloud that we've just gone to and we're paying money for. Yeah. But also because it costs money mm-hmm. to be there, how do you also make sure that you're engineering to manage that cost properly for teams so it doesn't kind of exponentially grow? And how do you manage the security properly for those teams so that you're reducing the risk when you are engineering to get to the cloud properly? And yeah. I think that in itself, I think somebody was telling me today, that there's been just Amazon alone every year for the last six years, there has been 40 yeah, services yeah. released. Yeah, that's crazy. 40 that services crazy. released. And 1,600 features of existing services. Yeah, and there's like some, so many thousand APIs yeah, yeah, endpoints exactly. as yeah. well to it all. Nuts. Nuts, bewildering, isn't it, really? I, to some degree, it's it's pretty amazing that you know that you could niche in on so many things and just or not uh, niche in or, or, or whatever when you've got like, 40 per year <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly just do it do it all yeah. but there's obviously a, a lot of demand for all of these solutions mm. and how you can put in the end compute networking storage all of these things together to create an outcome for an organization which is exactly what a platform is in the end right it's making sure that you can configure all of the things together to provide enough of a solution 
you being an expert in those things creates enough of a solution for someone else to not have to be an expert in those things. Yeah. Like cloud is exactly that. They're going to rack the infrastructure. They're going to do the physical layer. They'll think about the virtualization, all of that kind of stuff, the, the security, both physically and of the thing that they're providing. And then that's the platform, I guess, yeah. that they've built. And, and then you're building another platform on top of that to then, again, abstract your developers away from the knowledge that you have or the way that you put that stuff together yeah, exactly. to get the actual yeah. outcome. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, because the developers aren't there to get like bewildered. Like yeah. We are of all those services and what they all mean and however many millions of parameters that you can pass to a specific service and then having to go and read the docs of each service to then work out what's relevant to me and my app. I mean, yeah. that's not a good use of people's time if you're there to write business code and business logic. Yeah. Also, it would be really, really hard. If, imagine if you, if every organization needed you to know how to manage infrastructure, know how to like be a, a, an operating system admin, Linux or Windows and all of that kind of stuff, and then write code and then know the business function, you'd never hire anyone. You'd never hire anyone. <laughs> Honestly, like, or they'd be ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Yeah, they um, would. And there probably are people like that yeah, yeah, who are ridiculously expensive. engineers. Who are probably like, think, can you guys stop talking about me <laughs> <yeah>. like this? <laughs> because we yeah. need to get, you know, the demand up for my skills. So. Or that one person now has like lots, you know, a massive... Oh, yeah, they're probably like yeah. hosting underneath and I'm available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm available. It's, it's uh, really high. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> putting the hands up. I'm a full stack everything engineer. Yeah, I know it all. I build engineer. bridges too. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so I guess the assumptions are that we're kind of making on why you would want to do cloud platform engineering is developers probably don't care mm. about a lot of things to do with the cloud, apart from things that pertain to driving their outcome. Yeah. Because um, they're measured, obviously, against getting something live in the end and getting it into customers' hands or being able to demo the things in front of people, right? Yeah. And them trying to spend a load of time working with whatever this in betweeny platform to the cloud platform, if you want to call the cloud a platform, or if you're just saying the cloud is a service and you're going to build a platform, however that platform's configured matters in the end, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the moment, it's just a bunch of services. Yeah. And there's those services exist in a cloud account or a subscription or a project or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever cloud vendor you're in. But something needs to organize all of that right from the beginning. Well, pick the right services to use. Make sure, obviously, they're, they're set up in the right way. The architectural principles around the cloud to begin with, like yeah. how do you streamline that for a project? How do you streamline that for the applications? How do you make sure non-production and production are separated automatically in this platform? Like, it isn't just about, hey, a dev needs to get a thing. Mm. Because you could say, I mean, we've spoken about all these things on podcasts before, but you could share... I suppose if you're small enough, it might make sense. But if you're an enterprise, you wouldn't profess to share things, right? Because of the security risk and the data is different and the operational requirements might be different. The SLAs might be different yeah. with the app, right? So being able to construct a workflow that matches the delivery standards, I guess, and security standards around delivery is probably more what I mean for the cloud is also important. So let me see if I understood you correctly. So what you're basically saying is trying to put the things together to make it really, really easy for a developer so that they don't have to worry about the principles they're taking care of in the design. So the platform that you've created, it just makes it super easy 
for you to get an outcome and align to the principles that you have either best practice in, in the industry in general or your organization specifically. Yeah, because yeah. The, cool. the cloud's unopinionated. This is, this is the thing. The cloud's unopinionated about how you should construct all of these independent things. Mm-hmm. However, it then does have a load of documentation about how you should construct all of these things. Really? Based, yeah, that's like the, the well-architected framework oh, and all right, this sort sure, of stuff, yeah. right? So, but it hasn't formed an opinion, really. Yeah. It's like, here's some suggestions on some opinions. Well, they're, they're pillars, aren't they? They're so pillars. Like, you can be yeah, guided by I know you exactly. love this. Is it an operating model? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually not. This is a well-architected oh, framework. Right, okay. So. Well, okay, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> know your big documentation yeah. bits. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so one feeds into the other, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. totally. So basically, there's things that you need to design for. And that's what's like well architected, security, resilience, performance, all of those things, right? But they just basically tell you a bunch of like opinions or things that you should take into account. But yeah, not considerations. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Consider considerations. Just a lot of reading. Yeah, really. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a like a thesis of stuff that you've got to go and read and become an expert. And then become an expert. So the thing that you've now created, even though you're supposed to like abstract away the hard bits to make it really easy for someone to consume you because you've also got this like massive documentation everywhere that that has evolved over time that someone now needs to be an expert of just to understand what you're trying to say and then how that then is reflective in the platform that you're trying to build on their platform yeah and then also, can you just pay us loads of money exactly. for that, please? Yeah. Um, you're like, wow, okay, <laughs> thanks for that. It'd be great if someone so had an opinion. This is how, how you want to yeah. clean your car. There's yeah. the sponges. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fifty pounds, yep. and here's a documentation <laughs> of how to get a really shiny, nice car. <laughs> and that that's going to take you like at least two hours to. Yeah, yeah but we yeah, give you the exactly. buckets, yeah. and that's all the. There's all the hose pipes. There's all the things for you just there. Yeah, off and, you go. And maybe you want to test this on other cars before you clean yours. Yeah, so, yeah. You yeah. probably want to test that it is going to get that clean first <laughs> yeah. before you tell everyone else that you can clean cars. Oh, crazy! It is a crazy. Well, Such a weird industry. Yeah, it is. But um, saying that, I guess because of because they're solving specific individual problems per service, mm. and everything's disaggregated in some ways. Yeah, you're there to get the Lego bricks and build whatever it is you're trying to build out of these Lego bricks, yeah. and that's where the buck stops a little bit in their shared responsibility model. Yeah. which then means you kind of do you could do that each time per project. Very arduous, mm-hmm. probably likely to be reinvention of the wheel going on across different pockets or you find a common way like a platform of like how do i do this programmatically how to do it repeatedly for every single project and where do i standardize and all of this stuff in one place so i can Mm. guarantee that every piece of the cloud delivery has met expectations of the business from a secure system and is consistent and repeatable and validated and tested and i can make changes in one place and And easy to operate yeah yeah and easy to operate and easy to get visibility on and that's why you do cloud platform engineering to yeah. find a platform or create a platform or buy a platform or find tools or whatever it is you're going to do mm-hmm. to build something like that, right? That makes sense, yeah. So cloud platform engineering, just put some stuff together on cloud. Just um, literally just, 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 stitch, just, just stitch it all together, together, add all these Lego bricks on top of each other and eventually you get a house. Yeah. And hopefully that house is easy to maintain because you that's what that team is designed to do. But... Don't you think, though, 
the term. No. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Not, not a loaded question at all. Don't you think, though? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, like, platform engineering as a term is like it exists now. But the fact that the business just wants the outcome, they just want, you know, something that reduces the time to market for the thing that they're building, reduces the cost, increases the security, reduces the risk, all of those things. But now there's these terms like platform engineering or cloud platform engineering that they're attached to the work rather than the outcome. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily measuring that you can like take the amount of money that you spent on that team or that function internally is actually providing the ROI because it's across everything. And you took a lot of time to potentially build that team or whatever rather than trying to pick something off of off the shelf that exists maybe there aren't that many solutions off off the shelf that exist in this space yeah Um, yeah i mean it's not i suppose though like there will always be some level of engineering needed yeah sure so and i think it's what what you're saying is it's maybe promoting because it's a little bit of a generic bucket yeah it's potentially promoting really large teams to solve any problem yeah of the business of which might not be justified necessarily because there may already be a solution to it. And a lot of times, you know, we're all a bit like this, including myself. If you've got an idea, you want that idea to be original. (laughs) And then when you find out that it wasn't original, you're kind of trying to find the one thing that makes it not the same, right? (laughs) So you're like, that isn't quite the same as my idea because it doesn't do this. Therefore, let's write a brand new thing because of that one thing that didn't exist. Spend five million pounds on this team because of that one problem, one one thing that makes it unique. Exactly. And I've been culpable to that (laughs) because you're only human. And obviously, you know, you, you... it's natural to a point. And I guess there is a danger of that behavior becoming quite mm-hmm. endemic in businesses. I think there was also, this is a little bit off a tangent, which we always do, and it's trying to stay on topic sometimes, but <laughs> there was a post about someone going back on-prem because obviously they've got petabytes of data and actually then they've got application workloads and other things and really just the cost wasn't justified. Right. And I think they were saying that they could save 1.5 million a year or something by just buying the hardware and other things. I mean, I'm plagiarizing it in probably incorrectly. Yeah, I think, um, I, yeah, I, th- I think another thing you're talking about. The way they costed it wasn't at a project level. So what I found interesting was you've costed it as an entirety, right, of like X and Y. We were spending X over here of X infrastructure, not correlated to any project. Mm. And we're now spending Y over here in terms of infrastructure Mm -hmm. as a whole, and it costs this much. And you're like, but you haven't worked out what projects are paying for what within all of that first to Mm. work out the cost per project. And then actually what it took from a staffing per project Mm. to actually get the real cost per project on delivery. What you've done is look at it operationally and infrastructure. And it might still end up cheaper, which is fine. I just found the cost model slightly wrong and tilted to the wrong place. Yeah. Because you need to look at it as how much resource capacity it even takes to deliver that project or set of projects on top of the cloud, on top of all the other things. Yeah, just Not, t- total cost of ownership, really. Yeah, really, right? actual so, full end-to-end cost. Exactly. You can't just a business won't look at it necessarily just from that lens because it's all costs in lots of places. So you do need to kind of correlate it properly. I actually don't think I have seen this article. So 
they just did a comparison on the infrastructure rather than the people that they need to manage that infrastructure. I think they might have said they had, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs. Okay. So I don't want to be unfair <laughs> to too much, but they've definitely done the cost and the distance. It's not like I'm saying okay. it, there wasn't some legitimacy to it. They probably already have people. I guess what I, what you couldn't really see from a modeling perspective is the relationship between the people and the cloud and the infrastructure and everything else in context to a project. Right. And maybe there'd be even cheaper hosting mechanisms for certain projects, in which case yeah. you going on-prem or even the cloud, that specific cloud is in Amazon mm-hmm. or whatever has cost you money, may not even be the most cost-effective yeah. place for that project. Yeah. So you haven't really looked at it through the, uh, you've, you've had a bias. Yes. It's been biased already well, you've, before you've been objective. And yeah, it's like fair. objectivity would have meant you look at it looked many at lenses. per project yeah. and then worked out where would be the cheapest place to host that project? What was the overheads on going to that place? I think Is that's, it, you know, but that's also just one. So in whenever you're doing any of this type of, you know, comparison, you have to do it from more than one lens. Yeah. What you're kind of suggesting here is is just doing it from the project lens. But I think there's value in doing it from both because you'll understand different things, mm-hmm. right? So Fair. so like let's say that total infrastructure cost and the you know operational cost and all that kind of stuff, they've done a maybe a total cost of ownership there. But if you did it the other way, which I think uh, I definitely agree on, like the project scenario as well, and like per project, if you weren't doing say a centralized platform, whether that platform is going to be on prem or in cloud, what's the time to market? What am I driving for the organization? Is it consistency across the board? Is it you know can each project be on its own? What does that mean to the developers? What does it mean to their skill sets? You know, yeah, all yeah, of yeah. all of that stuff. So you have to you have to do it from both, like top to bottom, bottom to top. Yeah, it's really hard, obviously, and it will yeah, take yeah, a long a, time. It would take quite a long time. But yeah. then you'll get to a better understanding, really, of the decision or the impact of the decision that you're about to make. Yeah, it's so strange. But again, that's now engineering another platform. Mm. you know because they'll have to and that might be the right thing in the end for the business and it could have ended up cheaper and maybe that calculation was enough who knows but it felt instinctively felt a little bit off to me just because i was like well now but then i guess it boiled down to the chargeback models of if there even is a chargeback model because it's all flat and there is no pockets of money and it's just that there's just you know just line items coming out from how you operate as a business and you haven't you haven't sought to attach some cost back to a cost center, right? Or a line of business to mm. say, well, that's a, or a P&L, right? See, so like, that's the profit and loss area. That's profit and loss area. That's profit and loss area. And actually, I need to make sure that the P&Ls of all these areas, getting into financial space, yeah. it's going to make it functional from a CFO's perspective on those decisions back to the business. So actually, it's easier to correlate rather than, we're spending loads of money on cloud and we're going to go on prem and you're like, well, um, financials, the CFO so, surely would have had a say oh, maybe or should have had a say in that as well. 100%. But the other thing, I guess that, you know, one of the other difficulties of cloud really is the different charging models with every service. And so like, because everything is consumption based, that's the world that we live in now, right? And then it's also a little bit free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just get you hooked on the drug. Okay. Get you hooked on the drug. So yes, there are charges, but right now for you it's free. It's just free. got like Just a guy standing on the have corner. Look, have some data center. Exactly. Do you want, do you want some of those data centers? Yeah, exactly. Have a little taste. You could just fine. It won't cost you anything. Yeah. Just a little taste, a little try, just a little nibble. 
So yeah, you get a little bit of a free and then you have all of these different ways of charging for all of these different services. And it's really complex. You mm-hmm. might have like two or three metrics on a service. So let's say it will be, you know, this type of machine that has this profile of CPU and RAM or whatever. But then you also have disk attached to that on the size of the disk but maybe the performance of the disk. So already, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then Die maybe the, three, the throughput onto that disk or th- throughput of the network. And that's hard to model for, right? You have to really understand it in detail. And you also really need to understand, understand where you're going to be. Exactly. Which is so to know how to forecast it yeah. even, because you're not going to really necessarily, you'll know enough, but not to, the, to any sense of accuracy. Yeah, exactly. Um, in the end. And there's there's obviously choices that you can make architecturally yeah. so that you're minimizing that cost. And obviously that takes a lot of time and expertise. But if you were just looking at it, maybe without some of that expertise, then you can quite easily say, well, this goes away if we're on-prem because we own the kit. It's our network, it's our cabling, you know, no one's going to charge me to move something from this side of the rack to this side of the rack. So it's definitely simpler, but I think there's a way to kind of optimize for it if you know what you're doing. But I guess that is it, isn't it, with the cloud platform engineering link is those, because even like, Oh, if you're going out over the internet and it's going, that's even more expensive. Yeah. Why don't you lock into our transit gateway? <laughs> uh, do you know what I mean? Our direct connect because it's going to be cheaper for you because the traffic's not going through it and that's going to be much cheaper. It's a much cheaper price point. <laughs> so, but I mean, those decisions end up mattering to how you will stitch things together, or how you're going to engineer outcomes mm-hmm. together because the more you're, the more you're driven by the business requirements to maybe reduce cost, right, in relation to offerings that the cloud can give you, because you're not going to not use them necessarily. Because the might, service, yeah, as in like okay. because they'll be what they're doing is finding alternative ways, yeah, right, and the cloud's providing you with choices, and some of those choices in context to what you're going to be doing makes sense. So if you is like, well, yeah, we should have a direct connect because it is going to be cheap and got loads of internal traffic, and yeah. you know, blah blah blah. Again, then things have to then connect in, mm-hmm. right? So then if you're doing platform engineering, you've got to work that through. Oh, now does everything connect in to some gateway so that all services that are internal can actually see each other and route to each other properly and all these other things. And this is all like, this is why it is a, can be a this complex is, place, yeah. right? Because those are legitimate needs of the business for things to work. Yeah. And the cloud provider isn't giving you a out-of-the-box solution. Exactly. And so you're going to have to come up you with something. To, everything's right? a trade-off. You have to weigh, weigh yeah. all of this stuff up. Versus and running your own everything, but you've still got engineering to do. Yeah. It's just different engineering. Different engineering, different skill sets. And you have to understand like the... You know, because like you said, Amazon Azure, they're adding all of these different services every year. How do you know you're keeping up to, you know, the cheapest and best way to operate that thing? Yeah. So that's probably why you have an internal team that's always doing that almost R&D and understanding what the best practices in the industry, committing that back to the organization if it aligns with their business objectives mm. and all that stuff, right? So you would definitely... have thought though with cost, because... Now there's three cloud providers, uh, the mainstream hyperscalers, plus mm. obviously others that are there. You would have thought the competitive element might have actually adjusted costs, and it really <laughs> hasn't, has it? It just didn't. It just didn't really... You haven't seen any reduction or reduction of the costs, even with competition increase, which is kind of odd, I think. There is sort of, though, right? Like they, is there? They compete well, they're just, on, on... They on, don't need to compete from a price because demand's so high I at think the moment. They, I think they differentiate and then they compete. So 
they make it hard for you to compare apples to apples. True. Right. So, yeah. so, like, so you, you know, can't really comparatively exactly. match and be like, well, that's going to be way cheaper. Oh, 100%. That. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, an instance type in one cloud provider, for example, will have, you know, six vCPUs and 16 gig of RAM. And on the other, you won't even have that choice. It will be, or, or like it will be a different process. Yeah, it's or the obscure. Like yeah, exactly. So, because they differentiate and then differ. And then their pricing models is different across the... Yeah, so even, and, to even try and work out with it was what the comparative is. is just exactly. Across, so it's it's even both different keep... in the different regions of the same cloud provider. So it's so hard to ever get a real... But do you think if you didn't differentiate yeah. and you could prove you were cheaper, you'd actually gain more traction because you would you legitimately look better comparatively? Only if the customers made a choice. But, I mean, because you can prove that you are cheaper... Yeah. easier, yeah. more easy, and so can the customer, then you might be more likely to make more money through adoption versus obscuring it. I wonder if they would have done the math modeling on it. This is totally not the podcast episode <laughs> yeah, no, at all, exactly. by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is off topic. But they must have, maybe they've done some research on it to work out whether you'd make more profit on obscuring or more profit from being looking more competitive. I don't know. So this is not quite directly linked, but I think I'll, I'll talk about it because it's associated. We're talking about costs. We're talking about you know what the cloud providers. You're now trying to find a way to stitch it back to cloud platform engineering. Not, oh, not right. really. Okay. It's it's a little, a little bit off topic, right? But the kind of salespeople of cloud providers now, right? The account managers, the customers, solutions engineers, whatever they're called, most of them are now targeted on the savings that they can pass down to a customer, rather than how much spend there is on a customer account. Mm. So what they have modeled, and the reason that they do that is because they've modeled that the customer is going to spend more in the end. If they think it, they get value. If they're, if they're yeah. getting value. So it's very related to cost. Yeah, uh, It's very related to like the kind of human psychiatry, I guess, of, of like how people think about them getting value on the thing that they bought and mm. seeing that over time. But the cloud providers, they they have all of these data points. And so they absolutely know across all of their customers that this is the thing that is going to get you hooked on the drug, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's mad, <laughs> isn't it, in some ways? But also... It's great. I mean, look... It's not It's not like these things weren't in existence before. There's always been vendors and yeah, vendors yeah. have always like been out there and coming up with solutions and finding good ways to charge and be pricing. But, but I think... People would be using... People wouldn't be using cloud and all of these things if it didn't mean that their business couldn't you know, accelerate mm. time to market and be efficient businesses. Like, of course, the value outweighs the cost. That's why all of these businesses, like imagine how many businesses have, you know, been created over COVID. And it was just a massive entrepreneurial kind of hype, wasn't it, in that time, yeah. right? All of these people were working from home. They're not going to like rack up a little server in their house. They're going to go go and create a business because they have a bunch of time now and use cloud to do it. Yeah, that wouldn't have been possible. And I guess that's the thing as well. Like to know if there's any element of scale in your business, doing that well, mm. enabling any element of scale well in that complex landscape, you need some people. Let's say you need like an army, like get go and get a giant platform engineering team for like a cloud platform engineering team. But you need technologies that enable and people and over it to actually kind of get some conducive outcome over the top. Because otherwise, the time to value on recognizing it 
well, you might be able to do it fast, but it probably wouldn't have been secure. It might not be well, yeah. And the probability of yeah. it then being repeatedly automated with all of the best practices in there is probably unlikely. And you might not realize how un best practiced you are yeah. until something goes and scans it all and then someone comes in and tells you and does an audit and like actually this is really like a lot there's a lot of malpractice here and yeah, exactly. this hasn't been updated and you're not you know you've got keys that are static that you aren't cycling and you know it's like so much attention the to detail, detail <laughs> yeah. of what you have to do to stay secure as well yeah. like the policies are overprivileged exactly. you know and actually you should be doing single sign and why you know you've got long lived credentials over here and why are you doing this and why are you doing that and blah, blah, blah. it's like the, the list is insane of all the things you can do wrong and as and, well. And it grows. And it grows and with it each grows. thing that you're consuming. It grows with each thing you, you're consuming. It grows even if you kept your thing as it is now because the cloud vendor is also changing and the best practice is changing. Yeah. So it means that the, the best practice policy, your best practice now, today, isn't necessarily going to be the best practice of a year's time. Yeah. So you need to monitor that. Yeah, because it keeps altering. Because yeah. it keeps altering, right? And the Auto services music, keep yeah. changing. The services keep changing. On mature APIs, there's new features of the services that exist and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's just an ever You can definitely understand why this domain exists and why it's such a niched. That's why I. That's why I was, That's why that was important for us to talk about because I think at the moment there is no, from what I've seen cloud platform engineering group mm. and it warrants its own domain because yeah. you're like it's so vast yeah to then just put it under another vast topic of just all platforms yeah. of all the types called platform engineering just doesn't feel right yeah. and i know it's yet another term, term in the already well, hey we create a new term term yes. i know i'm not yes. a fan of it all because <laughs> but the problem is is that it isn't concrete enough and there's then probably like Amazon cloud platform engineering, right? Or yeah, developer cloud Azure, platform engineering or, 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 or yeah, Azure yeah, ones. Yeah. It's not even that you have to stay there. It probably gets more and more niched, niched yeah. as you go down. But I think the clarity of what it is you're really doing is like, mm -hmm. this is going to be an Amazon cloud platform engineering or developer cloud platform engineering team. You know, yeah. right, that's really specific. It's for developers. It's a mouthful. <laughs> have you spoken to the developer cloud platform engineering team? <laughs> <laughs> you're always going to acronym oh, about, uh, it. You're yeah. going to acronym it, right? So, but still, I, I think otherwise it's not, you're not sure what it, who it's for or what it's for necessarily because it, otherwise it's too generic. So in some ways, you don't have to say it all the time, but you should yeah, have you should. Like, go speak to the <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're not allowed to acronym it. You have not, to say the whole refused. thing every time. Yeah. You're so tired by the time you got to the end <laughs> of the sentence. You're like, actually, yeah. you know what? doesn't matter. It's, I've got to go home anyway. I was about to switch my sentence. It's, it's already half five. Yeah. I've only just finished my sentence. That's why it's just platform engineering. <laughs> we figured it out. That's yeah. why the term doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, it's too, too long. Too, too long. long. Yeah. Don't bother. No, no, don't solve this problem. Yeah, actually, I was going to come to speak to your team. But <laughs> I was also going to explain where you were and who you were. Yeah. It was time for me to go home. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh, yeah, so... Anyway, I suppose it's not a huge, I mean, we could talk ins and outs of it all, but I think they'll send, I suppose there's also other things that aren't the cloud that might have to go in it, which is a bit frustrating because I suppose at some point there's then things that might, you might not consume every single thing in the cloud because mm. it's the best thing. Like CI or, well, yeah, you're some, kind of probably like, in the cloud in some way. Like It could be a cloud service, but it does start to bridge non-cloudy, yeah. traditional cloudy things. But whether they're SaaS and then start kind wonder, of theoretically cloud, I don't know. I wonder if like cloud really is just 
and and public and private cloud, right? It's just like if you if you were to really dumb it down, is it just you know infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, and any, anything that falls into those things are maybe considered cloud? Yeah, I don't know. The same thing that I have, I don't know. And actually, because what makes me laugh as well with public cloud is when you speak to people you're like when public cloud goes on prem, it's still public cloud. When an on-prem goes to public cloud, it's hybrid. When on-prem goes to... Public like, cloud. When a, when a public cloud decides to have outposts and all these other things, you ask people, does that mean it's now hybrid? Yeah. They're like, no, it's still public. <laughs> but when you talk about something like VMware, it's like, when an on-prem goes to public cloud, they're yeah. like, that's hybrid. And you're like, well, why is it not hybrid yeah. when a public cloud goes to yeah. private? I didn't think that that was true, though. I think... I mean, that, people, like when, if you ask people, like, what is it when the... Pub- is the public cloud still called public cloud? If there's like... If they're doing on-prem services, right. or are they now really a hybrid cloud provider? Mm. Most people would be like, no, they're still public cloud because that's what they know them by. Okay. But then when you, invert, when you reverse it and you're like, so then when you're private and you start to go to public, you're classified as hybrid, but, but you're, the other way around, you're not, you stay public. So I'm like, how does that work then? It doesn't make sense to me. In people's, I, I, I'm not saying I, everybody says I that. Think, though. actually, come to think of it, that that might actually make sense, right? Because when you are in public cloud and then you have, you know, used one of the cloud services like Outposts or whatever to... I suppose they're owned by exactly, the cloud vendor, aren't they? It's the, it's yeah, the model. It's the model. Yeah, so you're still, you're, so you're still it, using a public cloud because you don't own any of it. As a service, yeah. you're not... It, but you might be still using VMware as a service. But it's not. That's the point, right? So when you're in your own data center... It's not, it's not a service, a service. It's just infrastructure. Yeah, true, true, it's true, not, yeah. Not, so that's why, yeah. yeah. That's why, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I will just clarify that. Then. There you it go. does always stay. It yeah. always stays public cloud until the point that you would own the kit or take some accountability for it. Yeah. If it's on your books, if it's, you know, you've paid yeah, yeah, capital expenditure, sense, if you need actually. to own it, whatever, then it's it's yours. Well, that ruined my facetious <laughs> little statement, didn't it? My controversial yeah. facetious statement just corrected me. <laughs> and on that happy note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So cloud platform. Nothing left to talk about. Do you think we just another one solved? Another one solved. We find, <laughs> I, th- I mean, it, I think it's going to be actually really important for people to start aligning them towards cloud platform engineering, right? Because they, you're now talking about something that's a bit more specific, a bit more specific that you can can kind of niche in on, and you know the problems that need to be solved in that area, yeah. rather than just saying platform engineering or something. I think we did a, I think we did a podcast where we were talking about roles as well. And I think you asked me around like what you would call if you weren't going to call them DevOps engineers, yeah, or these terms because they don't really mean because I say they don't really mean yeah. very much anymore. Controversial again. Yeah, that was in the um the state of puppet, the puppet report that came out. State of DevOps. They said we tend not to use the word DevOps anymore because it means nothing. Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't. They, it doesn't really mean anything. It, I mean, that's what really I was saying. Before. So yeah. you say what would you call them? And I was like, well, I'd call them by terms that already exist. Like you're a cloud engineer because you're engineering things for cloud cloud yeah yeah. so just call yourself that and it's actually quite specific or you're an amazon cloud engineer if that's all you do and that's your skill set and there's nothing wrong with that and it's it's fine to tell you tell call yourself what you do you think it's an okay but it's still not attached necessarily to the app so like let's say you're i know it's not going to be attached no i know but a developer's not called like business logic producer are they i suppose they could be called like github engineer <laughs> it's a location or an outcome but it's there isn't just anything that, there isn't anything which, else yeah that you could attach to because it's it's a facilitated role yeah 
you know. So I suppose you're facilitating an outcome for someone else, which makes it a harder job. And you might take DevOps principles, but that would just go on your CV. Uh, that you understand the methodologies, not that you are a DevOps, that you just understand how to do it, that's it and what yeah. it means. And yeah, I think overall, but I don't know I, why I just talked about, oh yeah, Cloud Platform Engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs a coffee. Uh, <laughs> so uh, overall, I think what you just said makes sense. But the reason that there's ambiguity, so like the DevOps engineering thing, people he were... all in jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but people started like abusing the term. So yeah. they would call the DevOps engineer when they were just infrastructure or something like that, right? Didn't have the practice or the mentality or whatever. So so then you kind of niche in on term, hope that the industry aligns and uses the term in the same phrase. And when it starts to kind of be used badly, then you have to figure out a new, better term to mm. use to reduce the reduce the complexity or reduce the cognitive load on what people like you shouldn't have to explain what a devops engineer does but every single time now what about a cognitive load engineer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what is what that you do? Cognitive load engineer. i engineer reduce, down i reduce yeah, down reduce cognitive the cognitive load, load yeah. yeah i engineer it it it's, down. Maybe that's like a psychologist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> cool. Thanks everybody for listening. Obviously, you can reach us on Cloud Unplugged on YouTube and Twitter and things like that. So it would be good for people to tell us uh, what their thoughts. Tell us what your thoughts are. Yeah, exactly. And if you don't agree, even better. If you don't agree, just don't say anything. <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> don't <laughs> just don't have an opinion. Obviously, that's not true. But yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening. Cheers. Bye.